Welcome to B2B Marketers on the Mission, a podcast for B2B marketers that helps you to question the conventional, think differently, disrupt your industry, and take your marketing to new heights. Each week, we talk to B2B marketing experts who share inspirational stories, discuss their thoughts on trending topics, and provide useful marketing tips and recommendations. And now, here's your host and co-founder of I'm Like Consulting, Christian Klepp. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of the B2B Marketers in the Mission podcast, where you get your weekly dose of B2B marketing insights. This is your host, Christian Klepp, and today I am excited to welcome a guest onto the show who is on a mission. Her mission is to help agencies and developers to increase revenue, manage more clients, secure client retention, and grow their business with growth hacking. So coming to us live from Yerevan, Armenia, Arax Nalbandian, Barigalush, welcome to the show. Hey there, Christian. Thank you for having me today. It's really great to be connected, Arax, and I'm really looking forward to this conversation. And I'll be honest with you, this is the first time I'm interviewing somebody from Armenia. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I'm very excited. I, I'm sure we will have a very interesting talk. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, based on our previous conversation, you know, we had a lot of topics that we talked about. There was one, but there was one particular topic that I'd like to zero in on today because, you know, you have built up a great and successful career around it. Um, a, a lot of what you do in your current business focuses on this topic, and that topic is growth hacking. Now, let's break it down a little bit for the audience because, you know, growth hacking for, for me at least is one of these buzzwords that everybody is trying to like use in very loose terms and we are growth hacking our way to this and growth hacking our way to that so just for the benefit of the audience please uh, elaborate on what you believe growth hacking is and is not sure uh, i completely agree with you a lot of people use that term very loosely that they call everything growth hacking like any marketing activity <laughs> like a growth hacking for me uh, i understand growth hacking as doing fast experiments uh, based on the data and finding out that uh, what can work for your company growth and then scaling it it's basically experimenting based on data and doing it very quickly okay well that's a good point and, and, and what would you say growth hacking is not right growth hacking is not your general marketing activities like doing uh, good seo for example and ranking high uh, even if it takes um, like a uh, quicker it's not growth hacking uh doing like a marketing campaign offering like sales or something it's not growth hacking it's just marketing I guess uh, you can also differentiate that growth hacking is also more product-based rather than uh, like campaign-based. That's a really good point. And I think it's really important uh, to highlight that because I think that's one of the general like misconceptions that people yeah. have about growth hacking. Speaking of misconceptions, that's uh, that's a very nice uh, segue into the next question. And because, you know, you've been in this field for a while, so... Um, and, and let's try to look at it from a more, uh, I, I would say, uh, constructive point of view. But just talk to us about like some of the mistakes and the misconceptions that you've seen people make when it comes to growth hacking and what they should do to address these. Yeah, uh, basically, when um, you, as I told you, I, in my opinion, it's more about experiments. And sometimes you can do the experiments based on hypothesis, uh, but it's better to have your like ideas to, based on the data. And I think a lot of people just ignore data or don't take, uh, pay as much attention to data as possible. That's one of the things that uh, I would advise to 
uh, keep an eye more on. And the next thing is knowing how long you want the experiment to last. Um, so you have enough data again, so you can say if the experiment worked or it didn't. Okay. And I, I, I mean, I know that it really depends on the situation and you know the 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 where the companies are currently at in their life cycle but what would you say generally is a good uh, time frame uh, you know for growth hacking like you know um how much time do you need to test something and to make those iterations generally well in in your opinion uh well it's very different depending on mm-hmm. the traffic we're getting depending on the uh like uh, on the experiment you're doing like a small thing and you have like uh, a lot of data and you can get the results quickly it can take very quick like uh, a week uh but basically probably like in, in average it can take one week it can take two weeks but it's again it's uh, based on uh, the traffic you're getting like if for example if you're changing something in your sign up page uh, just as an experiment uh, depending on how many people visit your sign up page daily you will uh, need that much time. Uh, basically, uh, just uh, to, but uh, I would advise to for especially for like a new company startups that are just growing or like uh, they need fast growth. Uh, just try to like even spend more money on advertising for a week just to bring a lot of traffic and then and do A/B testing to see if the experiment works or not. All right. Well, that's some pretty good advice. And uh, you you know just again for the benefit of the listeners, would you say that growth hacking is um is an approach that is mainly used um, by by tech startups and SaaS businesses, or can it be used by larger organizations as well? Well, it started mainly like the trend of growth hacking mainly started for the startups uh, because startups, uh, they have an issue or problem to grow fast. Uh, we know that like nine out of 10 startups don't succeed. Uh, so uh, the one that succeeds, they need to grow fast, you know, uh, Otherwise, they they will have competitors. But I think that uh, huge companies can uh, still use growth hacking because each company can um, get more clients, get more uh, retention um, rate, get more lifetime value, and they can just uh, base again based on data. Big companies can see where they have problems and implement growth hacking in those aspects. Okay, okay, that's uh, that's quite interesting. For this next question, I'm going to say, uh, let's have a look inside the toolbox of Arax, right? So to find out what's in there. Okay. So what kind of uh, growth hacking tools, you know, from your um, experience, would you recommend to people out there and why? Okay, um, probably uh, it's, I, I can't say it's like just a growth hacking tool mm-hmm. or a growth hacking tool, but it's basically Miro. I really like Miro because it helps you to create the funnels, integrate everything so you can see everything perfectly. Uh, I will, we also use Notion. It's all just for help I think uh, to work out. Um, just use Google Data Studio for the data. Just collect your data from everywhere in Google Data Studio. So it will be available for all your team and they can just uh, take a look at the data and make decisions based on that. And uh, depending on your business, just optimize your processes to make it more automatic, more fast and uh, more efficient. I, I know people uh, people talk about this a lot because, you know, especially not, not necessarily just in growth hacking, but in other fields as well. But, you, you know, like they're always talking about like it's not just necessarily the tools and the technology, but you also have the 
um, the, we need to have the right systems and processes in place to make everything work and harmonize. So well, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, processes are the most important thing, especially now that uh, everyone works mostly, everyone works remotely. Processes are the main thing that keeps uh, the engine going. So you can be sure that the team is working efficiently, that the experiment you are uh, doing is working right and everything is in the uh, right place and you can have a clear information about how everything is going. So processes are super important. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. Um, I'd like to get your thoughts on this because this is um, something that's related to uh, growth hacking, of course, and then best practices, uh, most especially for B2B marketers, right? So there was an article written by Outbrain and it lists um, some like, uh, you can call it like growth hacking tips for B2B, okay? So there's four of them. So one is, this. the, the first one almost seems obvious, uh, create relevant and valuable content. Yeah, I, I mean, we would hope so, right? So things like uh, white paper, ebook, slide share decks, blog posts, case studies, and so forth. Um, the second one is offering free trials. I think the question is like, is anybody not offering a free trial? <laughs> Creating targeted newsletters. I think newsletters is also quite, um, quite a common one. And then using uh, multiple marketing channels. So it's not just social media, but like, you know, um, even native and search advertising, um, paid and, and so forth. So what are your thoughts on the above? Is there anything that you would add or anything that you disagree with? You know, that's on that no, list. I agree. Uh, I agree with everything, especially the last one, as you said. Uh, I've heard a lot of marketers talk about like uh, advertising, SEO, and usually people talk about it separately. In marketing, it does not work separately. You need to have funnel in different channels and understand uh, how and uh, why the channels are connected and bring the right traffic. One thing that I would like to add, uh, I can add it just from our perspective at TimeWeb as well, because we do offer free trial. Do provide a lot of content, but the thing that we found that also helped us is not just provide valuable content, but also make sure that your product is valuable as well. Find what your um, niche is struggling in and provide something that it can be valuable for your target. Uh, because product-based uh, marketing it works greatly and provides you a longer retention rate and uh, lifetime value. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, they, they kind of have to go hand in hand, right? I mean, um, you, you can't have like amazing content and a great marketing campaign and then the product is... Mm, yeah. So obviously, we're not going to uh, talk about COVID uh, during this interview. But what, what I do want to know from you, which I always ask um, a lot of guests is like, how has the pandemic changed your industry, your line of work, right? And what are some of the trends that you think B2B marketers need to look out for, especially when it comes to growth hacking. So like what, what's, what's changed in the past, let's just say the 12, last 12 to 14 months, and what is it gonna look like look, uh, you know, moving forward? Yeah, uh, basically, because we're a B2B company as well, we are like focusing our main uh, clients, our agencies and freelancers who build websites for like other companies, other businesses. Uh, when COVID started, we noticed that um, Actually, the uh, number of websites started growing because a lot of local businesses went online. Uh, 
So a lot of agencies got new clients building websites for them. So, uh, and that was one point. And the other point was the work processes. So we talked about it previously, uh, the work processes where um, we set up a new processes that worked in the remote environment. And actually we started working even like more efficient there than in the office back then. Uh, and the processes were amazing. We were able to do a lot of experiments and again, based on the, the right set processes and right set tools that we were using. Yeah, no, uh, that's 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 quite interesting, and I think it's all, um, also um, it was an inevitable trend that all of these companies started to do everything uh, remotely, uh, and everything was digital, right? Because at least, I mean, again, it depends from country to country, but a lot of people they couldn't go to the office, so they had to work from home, and they still had to find a way to like. Uh, interface like if it's an agency interface with the colleagues on a certain project maybe access the server for materials or use platforms like um take your pick trello slack uh yeah. microsoft teams all of these right yeah, yeah basically the uh, automating uh, tools became very popular as well and uh, because we also offer like uh, website management, website building and hosting automation. It was, again, one of the parts that helps uh, a lot of agents to automate their processes, project management, website management tools, and they, uh, they are going more into uh, automating manual tasks and more uh, focusing on creative work. Right, exactly, exactly. Hey, it's Christian Klepp here. We'll get back to the episode in a second. But first, is your brand struggling to cut through the noise? Are you trying to find more effective ways to reach your target audience and boost sales? Are you trying to pivot your business? If so, book a call with Einblick Consulting. Our experienced consultants will work with you to help your B2B business to succeed and scale. Go to www.einblick.co for more information. You probably brought this up a little bit earlier, but what do you think is one of the biggest challenges that's facing growth hacking right now? Um, probably, uh, I'm, uh, maybe I'm repeating myself, but the main challenge is getting the right data. Uh, I can't emphasize enough how much data is important. And sometimes we're, uh, maybe we need to be sure that the data is correct, that, that we have enough data, that the data is actually correct, uh, that uh, somewhere um, the code is, uh, is not broken and we're not getting wrong data. We need to take attention all the, and uh, we need to take, uh, into consideration the data at each part of the funnel. For example, if you have a trial and you're doing advertising, you need to see where the clients, uh, the data of the advertising, then the data of the sign-up, the data of after sign-up processes be before they upgrade, you need to see the funnel and pay attention to all the aspects of data. Because maybe you're doing an experiment that growth hacking and you think it's not working, but maybe something is broken in the acquisition part and uh, not actually in the experiment. So you need to take um, attention at uh, data at all the aspects and uh, consider everything when uh, thinking if the experiment is working or not. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And yes, you have you have brought up data a couple of times in the past few minutes, but I think that's quite frankly, not a problem that's going to go away. Right. So, um, and, you know, I'd like to just, um, uh, you know, talk about that a little bit further, if that's okay with you, because I think like, you know, um, and it's not necessarily just because of the pandemic. There were also a few things that happened pre-pandemic. Um, there's a lot of, if you look at, for example, uh, the EU with the legislation yeah, around data, right? Especially data that's collected on 
different platforms and so forth. And uh, how do you think that these that this kind of legislation, just in general terms, would uh, affect uh, growth hacking? Actually, I think it will affect quite a bit. Uh, we will, I, uh, I think, in the upcoming mon months or even even in a year, we will um, see a clear um, effect of that on uh, growth hacking because we will have less and less data uh, because now people can decide if they are sharing their data or not. Um, actually, I've talked with someone from uh, Google. We were recently doing Google, Google Growth Lab uh, classes and uh, what they were saying is just to pay attention in general and uh, try to get like more data and uh, generalize the data in the future and not uh, focus on like um, specific things but still i think it's it, it's going to be quite challenging to understand better where your clients like uh, are interested what your clients are interested in what are they, are they doing it's going to be a lot more challenging uh and i i'm wondering i really i'm really interested in how many people will decide not to share their data and how much data we will have left like in a year um, but I'm sure it will be quite challenging. That, um, that I think is uh, quite interesting and a little bit scary. Right? Yeah. Um, and, and, and if I may, I want to I wanna just throw this question out to you, Arax, because I mean, yes, uh, I, I'm sure with a lot of this legislation, um, certainly it will affect growth hacking. And so as a result of that, like, you know, people can decide whether or not they want to share their data with you. And as a result, um, companies might have... Um, I wouldn't say lesser, but like more restricted access um, to data. So at least from your, um, you know, your experience and expertise, what would be the advice in the, from the growth hacking perspective that you would give people out there that are coming to you saying, hey, we're really worried that this, this new legislation in these markets is going to affect um, the way that we are able to collect and analyze data? What, what would you say to them? Well, I would probably advise to take more time on collecting the data based on like giving more time on the experiments. Uh, for example, if you were like doing an experiment for a week at a certain thing and you have your traffic and you could make your decision that in a week if it works or not, uh, now you will need more time to collect more data. So if you have more people that allow you to have more access to data, so it will it, it will probably take more time time uh, for you to get the correct data so just pay attention to that and um, I guess uh, we will find out soon you know what else we will be able to do probably right probably <laughs> <laughs> um what's a commonly held belief or a status quo in growth hacking that you strongly disagree with and why okay uh, so uh, probably Probably uh, sometimes uh, people do too many experiments when it comes to growth hacking, and um, though the uh, doing experiments quick and getting results is uh, quite uh, crucial, but sometimes when you do just a lot of experiments at the same time, uh, it all gets mixed up, and you probably are going to harm your product and your, your conversion rate more rather than uh, just uh, if you focused on two, three experiments and uh, gave it a proper time. It's again coming through watching the whole funnel and not just a single experiment because 
something in the panel can broke, uh, break down and it can affect that small experiment part. So that's why if, imagine if you're doing like seven, eight experiments at a time, it will be very hard to understand which worked and which didn't. Yeah, no, that's some pretty good advice. So if I'm hearing you correctly, you're saying like uh, do fewer, but do them well, rather than doing too many. And then the results are not great. Yeah, you can do like, mm. uh, for example, three experiments for a week, you get your results then move to another three, just uh, and, and after paying attention to all the funnel data, and then move to another one, uh, mm -hmm. and then another, and another, yeah. not just do it uh, just at the beginning altogether. Okay, okay. So if you were to give some practical, I mean, you've, give, you've given a lot of practical advice <laughs> during this discussion, but if you were to just to wrap things up, to give um, some advice to those potential, uh, let's just call them the potential growth hackers out there. <laughs> what, what, what is one thing that you think they should start and one thing they should stop doing in uh, growth hacking? Yeah, I think they uh, should, st uh, no matter, I've, I've mentioned it a couple of times that you need to do everything quickly, but still you need to pay, uh, to spend a lot of time understanding your client, who they are, what they think, what they breathe, uh, and uh, doing interviews with your, uh, for example, your already existing customers or your focus group, spend time interacting with them, understanding what words they are using, just um, diving deeper into understanding your customer and then doing like uh, different experiments will work better for you. And what you should stop, I guess we all should stop calling growth hacking, uh, like general marketing stuff, growth hacking. Let's just stop and uh, marketing is marketing, growth hacking is um, more product-based and it's different than just general marketing stuff that we usually do. Uh, I'm not saying it's not valuable. Marketing is <laughs> valuable a lot and can help a lot of businesses, but it, it needs to work uh, with growth hacking, but it's they are different and uh, we don't want to generalize it. No, that's a fair point. And, and to be honest, the rocks, that's the, the reason why we're having this conversation, right? Let's, uh, let's uh, uh, dispel the myth, uh, you know, clarify some misunderstandings and just def clearly define what it is, right? So that people don't, um, hopefully after they listen to this interview, they're not going to use growth hacking so loosely, right? Um, but no, I mean, you know, again, thank you so much for sharing your, um, you know, your expertise and your insights. And uh, please, um, you know, do us the honor and uh, introduce yourself. Thank you. Uh, it was really great talk. I'm Alex, as you told. Uh, I'm the director of marketing at Tenweb. We're an automated WordPress platform that automates website building, hosting, and managing processes. And I would like just to mention my favorite uh, aspect of our product is that we automatically get websites 90 plus page scores. So our clients, agencies, freelancers that build websites for their clients, they can focus on their business growth instead of working on manually to optimize their content website fantastic fantastic this has been such a great session and you know thank you again for coming on and sharing uh what's the best way for people out there to get in touch with you thank you as well and they can always uh, contact me through our time web chat as well on website or if they want to check out the product and they can also find me on linkedin perfect arax this has been such a great session so thanks again for your time uh take care stay safe and uh, talk to you soon Thank you as well. It was a great talk. Thanks. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the B2B Marketers on a Mission podcast. 
To learn more about what we do here at Einblick, please visit our website at www.einblick.co and be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thank you.